0: Welcome to the Life Debt podcast. I'm your host Johnny Orm, and let's get talking about some Star Wars on this fun-filled episode. In the business this week, you can visit the blog at mystarwarslifedebt.tk. You can find us on Facebook; just look for My Star Wars Life Debt, and you can join the group. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at bloodyorm b l w d y o r m um, e. We are on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash my Star Wars life uh, We've got one tier, it's a $1 tier, and you get a bunch of fun filled stuff uh, like early access to all of our regular Monday and Friday blogs, um, an exclusive Funko um, pop video-related video related um, video, guaranteed email reads on the podcast. Uh, Shout out on the podcast and you get your name on our supporters page on the blog. And starting this week, actually it came out on Tuesday the 5th of February, uh, the first episode of The Brickside, a Life Debt Lego podcast, uh, where I talk about Star Wars Lego. Um... So, yes, that's the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash mystyleslifedebt. And if you want to get your hands on um, the Life Debt Holiday Special, um, aka the breaking of a fan, which uh, you can also get if you sign up to Patreon, if you don't want to sign up to Patreon, you can visit mystyleslifedebt.bandcamp.com and you can buy it for a very, very low price. So, that's it for the business. So let's get on with the episode. So, um there's a few bits and pieces this week. Uh so first off, let's talk some Star Wars resistance. Um I finally managed to properly catch up, so yes, I have now watched the episode Bebo. And I really enjoyed it. I heard a lot, I saw a lot of people kind of complaining because it wasn't like because it didn't kind of follow the tone of the trailer that came out like a few days before. Um but it was a really I felt it was really fun. Um kind of like the Zillow Beast episodes of Clone Wars and the Purgle episode. I think people kind of look at it as filler, but there was also, um, you know, you get to see a bit of Sonara stuff, um, and you get to see cars flying with the aces. So I think it's kind of setting a few things up, as opposed to kind of going, hey, look, we're just adding this really you know, innocuous episode, and it also sets up the children from Tahar, the, the, is it Ela or Ella, or Ela? El, the, the young girl from the episode of the children of Tahar, she seems to be, have some sort of force abilities, like, so she gets force visions, um, possibly, so that's setting something else up for the future, so I thought that was pretty cool, um, it's a niku episode, and who doesn't love Niku? Niku is amazing and he got a pet and he loved his pet and then the pet had to go home and then Kaz got him another pet and then he ate it. I mean that's like that kind of felt like <laughs> I don't know, okay, so when when I was young, I'd like go to like the fun fair and you know, you do the funfair games and you get and you'd be able to win goldfish i kind of felt like kaz bought niku or kaz won niku a goldfish and then niku ate the goldfish like that's kind of like my dad winning me a goldfish when i was a kid I and mean, just going thanks and eating it like that was nuts um but hilarious um so yeah ni- um niku oh, i love niku um <laughs> sorry um B-Ray, the episode B-Ray, I thought was really good, really fun, and then, uh, I got to see, I saw the latest episode, I mean, like, I'm completely all over the place, um, which was called, um, the First Order, First Order Occupation, or Occupation of the First Order, um, and basically, after, um, the First Order, quote-unquote, rescued Tora from the Pirates, uh, in the last episode. Um, captain dozer has signed the deal with the first order to for them to um protect the colossus and has resulted in stormtroopers uh, patrolling the colossus in search of a pirate spy uh and of course kaz now knows that Sonara is the pirate spy so he helps her escape um it this is this episode is kinda of like the one where a lot of the plot lines are starting to the plot threads of the series are kind of starting to weave together a bit more. Um more so we've got more about the pirates. Uh, the first order of finally occupying the Colossus. Kaz is in a position where he can get as he can do as much spying as possible, but he can't get a message out to um because the First Order of Monitoring, the, um, communications, and, um, we kind of see how loyal Kaz is, even though he feels betray- even though Kaz feels betrayed by S- that Sonara's a pirate spy, I think you can, you get to see how loyal he is to his friends, um, because even though it turned out she was essentially the enemy, he still cared for her and he didn't want to see her get hurt, so, um, i thought that was really sweet my favorite bit of the episode was when kaz and are in the lift and oh sorry the elevator and um the weird little fuzzy alien minion floor mopper guy comes in and starts like talking away to them about how the first order of confiscated his floor buffer and it's just so awkward (laughs) and quite amusing so um that was a very fun bit to the episode, so definitely worth a watch um we're really ramping up now to like the uh to where we get to essentially the um the part the point of the timeline with force awakens, so yes, it's all gonna ramp up soon. well, it's starting to ramp up now, and uh I think it's gonna be incredibly fun, but uh tough as we go. But definitely a great episode, definitely worth a watch. So, um... I got my first voicemail, ever, this week, for the podcast. And I'm very excited. Um, so, yes, it's early in the episode, but, um, yeah, like I said, this episode's going to be a bit of a mishmash. Because um, I've got something coming up that I'm going to put on in the episode. Um... So, yes, like I said, I've got my first voicemail, so I'm really, really happy. Um, I know it's uh, it's someone who's listened to the podcast a few times. Uh, I spoke speak to him on on that there Twitter, and um, yeah, he's a big stars fan. I've heard him. He's he's uh, he's called into a number of other podcasts. And it's a real honor to have him calling in here. So I'm going to play the voicemail and then we'll get to uh,
1: responding. So uh, here we go. How do Johnny, my Star Wars Twitterverse friend? This here is Rural Farm Boy, as you know me in that Twitterverse, or Anthony speaking at you. So as I record this on the eve of January 31st, earlier today, Lucasfilm gave us told us we're getting more new stories by a bunch of other different authors, and in one or the other way, they are all tied in some way to Batu, which is also known as Galaxy's Edge. So, what do you think about all that? Delilah Dawson's going to tell us another story, and she told us story about phasma did you read that and if you're done what'd you think i can't wait to see what she's got to tell us and never minding all the the other stories we know is coming queen shadow from E.K. johnson and master and apprentice from claudia gray yeah i'll be deep diving into all of them and i'll be along next week for your show to see what all you think even what else did we get a couple days ago, a day or two ago, was it? Something or other in the Mandalorian about an R5 Astromech. Wondering what all that is. No, I don't know if it is or ain't R5 D4. We'll find out when it's time for them to tell us that story. What do you think about that? So, till your next show next week, which I'll be along to listen for, and I'm glad to be your first. Voicemailer, thank you for having a show for me to send you one to. I will see you in that Twitterverse until your next show. May the force be with you and your missus and that cute little girl. See you on the radio.
0: Well, thank you, Anthony, um, for your voicemail um so um right so we'll uh kick off um with galaxy's edge so all of the stuff that's come out uh from galaxy's edge um that, that's been announced uh, as a tie into galaxy's edge so uh like like black spire um the ya novel um uh the comic all of that stuff i'm really excited for um being being across in the uk uh i'm probably not going to get to go straight away i'm uh, probably not going to get to go for a couple of years um there's no point really in us kind of traveling over to either you know um either of the disney parks whilst uh the little one is so young uh, Cause if we're going to kind of go and do that kind of thing, we want it to be old enough to appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, we definitely won't be doing that for a few years. Uh, but with the kind of, with like the books and the comics and all that stuff, at least I kind of I kind of feel like I get to know it. It kind of gets me, allows me to experience it in a way. Um, so that you know. Because being kind of like yeah okay I'm being being that far out you know it's gutting because I really want to go to Galaxy's Edge, <laughs> but um, no we like the books you really you know thanks I mean Delilah Dawson is an amazing author. Um, yes, I have read Phasma and I think it was I I really struggled with it at first because it took me a while to kind of get into it because I you know I kind of I'm going in expecting to read a Star Wars novel um but i ended up getting star wars mixed with mad max and i really wasn't expecting it so it took me a while to kind of get into it but once i was like in once i was, like kind of a few chapters in i loved it absolutely loved it and the one thing that really disappointed me about the novel is not the novel itself it's just that we got so much hype about phasma in the run-up to the last jedi and she basically turns up for five minutes or less <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of reading reading uh the novel Phasma, I was like, oh my god, they're really kind of building her up. She is gonna have like some amazing stuff happen. And don't get me wrong, I love her scenes in The Last Jedi, but I just wanted to see more. Um, so yeah, that's my only criticism really of the book, is that we didn't it it felt that we'd built Phasma up a bit too much before the film um but no like, I'm really looking forward to uh Delilah Rush Dawson's novel I'm looking forward to the YA novel and the comic um I mean I really enjoyed what we got about uh Batu in um Thrawn Alliances as well uh it really kind of it it intrigued me this uh this outpost um and I was really intrigued in the bugs that uh they they you that the that the, they attacked Vader with. I thought that was really interesting in and it took me a while to kind of click that um they were the same bugs from or very similar bugs to the ones that we find on Battlefront two in the Luke Skywalker mission. Um weird bugs that kind of when they explode around you kind of make this weird kind of like they're like the goo that comes out of them hardens around you it's like cement um so you know all these like all these little hints that we've been getting so far Yiga in resistance having that picture of black spire they're really kind of throwing black spire at us but i don't think it's in a horrible um over the top way um and the more information that we can get about it the better um i I love kind of getting as much information about anything to do with star wars other than like the galaxy um i j ju- i just like love i love piecing the piecing bits and pieces together of the galaxy getting an idea of the the whole story not just like the stories we get um uh, but kind of piecing the piecing the jigsaw pieces together so we get like the bigger 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 picture um so yeah I'm looking forward to all of those um my one concern is the y a novel i i hope it doesn't just become uh, lost stars but set on um Because uh, so i think lost stars was an amazing was it's probably one of the best uh books um in the new star wars uh canon um it it really i it's not my cup of tea at all um you know on paper this uh this romance that this forbidden love romance thing uh, between a rebel and an imperial, and how they overcome that, and how how it plays throughout the entire uh, original trilogy. Like on paper, I really wouldn't have enjoyed it, but I read it because it was a Star Wars novel, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Um, so that brings me on to the Claudia Gray of it all. Um, when you were asking me about the um upcoming books like the the ones that are coming out soon so yes of course we've got queen shadow coming out and master and apprentice now i'm really looking forward to both of those uh probably master and apprentice that little bit more um for the sole reason that i absolutely love um qui-gon jinn and Wan kenobi um well prequel era Wan kenobi um i think they got i think I've always wanted to know more about them, and I did. I read some of the Jedi Apprentice uh, kids books back in like ninety nine, two thousand um, when they first started coming out, and I thought, oh, these were. I thought they were really good at the time, and now I look back and I'm like, oh, they, it was like okay. So this guy's become so. Qui f- former apprentice became a dark jedi and he's got the same name as the bad guy from uh, gargoyles <laughs> don't know if you ever watched that show uh back in the early 90s on disney um but yeah i'm really like like, like claudia gray i mean she's all of her um everything that she's written for star wars has just been phenomenal um I mean, like I said, Lost Stars was fantastic. I'm rereading Bloodlines at the moment. Um, That's probably like my favourite of all of the new canon books. Uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. I mean, she writes Leia so perfectly. And her short story in From a Certain Point of View was definitely the highlight for me. Um, Which was all about um, Obi-Wan talking to Qui-Gon. Through the force, and I'm like, this is amazing. And you know, when they announced her to be doing Master Apprentice, I just thought, you know what? Can we just give her the keys to the kingdom already? Because she deserves it. And of course, Queen Shadow by E. K. Johnston, and I like Ahsoka was a great novel. Um, So yeah, I mean, like, I want to know more about Padme. I want to know more about the the time gap between uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and it's written by a fantastic author you know it's three three big hits all in one um so yeah both of those i'm really looking forward to uh can't wait for them to come out <laughs> uh just gotta wait for it now and of course there's um thorn thrawn thorn uh thrawn oh, what's it called is it treason thrawn treason um that's coming out in the summer and i mean after the first throne novel um and then i mean the i i really i really enjoyed the first throne novel um took me a while to read um mainly because uh as when i started it my i think i'd been reading it for a couple of days before my wife gave birth to our daughter (laughs) so it took me a couple of a couple more weeks to uh, read it um because I was a little bit busy, <laughs> um, but then, of course, Thrawn Alliances came out last summer, and I, th- I you know, I, I blitzed through that really quickly because I, it was just so enjoyable, like kind of playing in the two timelines. Um, great added Clone Wars content as well as getting Thrawn and Vader in the same, well, in the same room for as long as, for the whole book, and I thought that was that was great i mean when back in the old eu days that was something that i never saw was thrown and vader in a room together you got you know these two heavy hitters of the empire you know basically a a battle of intelligence i mean yeah vader's very brutal and often th- uh acts first thinks later but when I mean Anakin Skywalker was a very good tactician, and so Vader would be, of course. So kind of putting those two together was always a really fun idea for me and finally got it. Uh so uh so yeah, that's the books side of it all. Um that's gotta be R4D5 in The Mandalorian. Um everything points to it, and as as a fellow Bad motivators, listener. It's gotta be, yeah, it's gotta be. Um, I mean, last week's bad motivators show was great when they were talking about it. I was at work, kind of cracking a massive grin, because everyone just sounded so happy about R four D five in the Mandalorian. I don't see him being a ma- I don't see it being a big thing. He's probably going to be somewhere in the background. Um, probably one of what a droid trundling around in the background. Um, it was gonna be a nice fun Easter egg I mean they put Chopper in Rogue One I think R4-D5 will seem a bit more especially seeing as I mean Chopper was very easy to do all they had to do was ship Chopper over uh, to the UK to shoot that bit um, but at the same time I think they, they kind of a lot of people were here there was a lot of stuff going on here anyway because of the celebration um so you know logistically that was that was doable i don't think give i mean even though the yes the mandalorian's got a massive budget for uh, what it is i can't see them building um like building this droid that's just going to be in one or two shots in the background i kind of think he's going to be it won't be a main character's droid Uh, i think that'll be two on the nose. But he's definitely going to be around a lot. Um, background, maybe maybe there'll be some interaction with it. I don't know, but given budgets and everything, I can't see them building like mass amounts of uh, droids just to essentially ignore them in the background. But yes, that's got to be R5-D4. Um, which means I hope, really hope, that when we get some mandalorian lego sets there will be an r5d4 uh minifigure i'm holding her i'm holding out for that one <laughs> lots of hope um so yeah i think i think that answers everything uh anthony um thank you again for uh voicemailing um it's it you know it's an honor to have you voicemailing into the show um uh so thank you very much and uh i hope my answers were satisfactory and uh i'll end the i'll end the voicemail segment by saying may the force be with you anthony and thank you again and so as you as all my listeners uh will know i do a I've got a Patreon at my Star Wars life, sorry Patreon.com forward slash my life Um and I've uh, I, I mentioned I put it on the Patreon uh towards the end of last year that I was gonna do a Lego centric uh Star Lego centric podcast that would be Patreon exclusive. So uh I have recorded the first episode and that is that went out to Patreon members um yesterday so as a kind of basically an advertisement for Patreon i'm going to include the full first episode of the brickside a life debt Lego podcast in this episode, for two reasons: one, to advertise the show and entice you lovely listeners into joining up to patreon and secondly, i don't know if you can tell, but I've got a cold again uh, and I've talked far too much already, as great as it has been uh, and uh, you know doing this podcast tonight. Um, I am starting to suffer a little bit. So, in a moment, I'm going to be switching off and you will get to listen to the first episode of The Brickside, a Live Debt Lego podcast. Uh, so please, I do, I very much hope that you enjoy it um i hope that it does entice you to join up to the patreon um and uh if it doesn't uh i do hope you uh you know uh thank you for giving it a go. thank you for listening to it and any feedback of course would be uh totally appreciated so without further ado i'm going to leave you to listen to episode one of The Brickside. Um, and of course, afterwards, I'll do the sign-off. So, uh, like I said, please enjoy. And we um, will be back, back with you shortly. Hello and welcome, Patreon life debtors. This is John Yom, and welcome to The Brickside, a life debt Lego podcast. And today, in the inaugural episode... I'm going to be taking a little bit of a deep dive into the Millennium Falcon. So the purpose of this podcast is basically to go through the Lego sets from the past 20 years uh, of Star Wars Um and kind of go from 1999 all the way to this year, so 2019 and beyond. And um, what better way to start the series off than with the most uh, iconic ship from Star Wars, the Millennium Falcon? Um, so, I'm using as a bit of a rough guide the DK uh, Lego Styles Ultimate Lego Star Wars book. And um, basically, it's a history of Lego Star Wars, um, broken up into various parts. And so, I'm going to be using that as a guide, and uh, some other notes that I have made for sets that aren't included in the book, because the book goes from 1999 to 2017 to mid 2017. So, anything after that, I'll be adding my own notes for that. So, um, yeah. Without further ado, let's get started and talk about the Millennium Falcon. So, the Millennium Falcon is a modified YT 1300 uh, light freighter. The manufacturer was uh, Corellian Engineering Corporation, and it's appeared in in episodes 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and solo a Star Wars story. Uh, It's also been, uh, you also see it very Briefly in episode uh, two and three, uh, but that's more of an Easter egg than anything else. So the first uh, set of the Millennium Falcon came out in the year two thousand, um, and it featured six minifigures. So it had Han Solo, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, R T D Two, and C three PO, and it was based on a new hope. Um, so they all. Okay, of course Luke Han and Leia all had the yellow um the yellow uh faces and hands. Um the torso were very basic print, you know, it was I mean, we're going back to the year two thousand, it's you know, the Lego technique the Lego building technique wasn't fantastic at the time. Um but hey, we were getting Star Wars Lego, it was amazing. Um the so. Uh, The first LEGO Millennium Falcon uses large rounded panels from the LEGO Space Themes Alien line, uh, released in the 1990s. Each panel has unique printing to show all the details of the Falcon's hull. The cockpit, escape pods, equipment access bays, and hollow chest pod are all in printed pieces. When you look at this set, it just. (sighs) At the time it looked okay, um, but now it really just. um, it doesn't hold up at all. I mean, of course, we are using we're talking about a uh, very dated building techniques. Um, this was when Lego were really into using large pieces to kind of fill out the set. Um, it has good detail for what it is. Um, you know, if you, but to be critical, the mandibles are too far apart. The it has a large round radar dish that has gaps and spaces in it, so it doesn't. know it doesn't look like the radar dish the the quad laser cannon um it's a it's actually the quad laser cannon looks good um for what it was but if you think they've updated that very well i think the um the way they've updated that in more recent sets looks quite good um and it has a unique canopy that was only released for that set um i mean the lego star wars line did introduce a lot of new and um unique blocks that um are still now used today Um so it's quite interesting that you know the uh the i mean the canopy does look quite good um it's but it's all see-through it's all transparent um not just the front so like the mid part of the cockpit as well is um is uh is transparent and uh, the next set that they built was in um 2004 um and um, this one looks more like the, it's starting to look more like the ship. The, the more like the lego sets we're getting uh now um so it's got the um individual um Panels that lift up to create the hull. The cockpit is um, more in line with what we've had since, and a lot more screen accurate. Um, the shape looks a lot more accurate, um, and you know you've got a bit more detail going on. And the radar dish looks uh, is, is solid, <laughs> and the la- the quad cannons still look uh, you know kind of a more updated version of what we had in the 2000 version. Um, so the the docking rings on the sides they're brick built. The ca- um, the, uh, the panels open up. Um, like I said, and this one was more based on the Empire Strikes Back version of the Falcon. Uh, so the second LEGO Millennium Falcon includes mini figures from the Empire Strikes Back and established the basic design for nearly all subsequent LEGO Falcons. It includes an accurate cockpit. Panels that open show the inside of the craft which features a hyperdrive and a skate pod and uses brick-built details on the hull rather than printing. And in this set we had um, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Princess Leia, C-3PO and a Snow Trooper Minifix. Now this, um, this was at the point where they were moving away from the yellow um the yellow features and were having more screen accurate um skin tones on their figures um chewbacca at this point didn't seem to be updated it was a very i think they were doing a one and done chewbacca at this point um but it does look a lot better um than uh, the the 2000 version uh, the next falcon we got was the ultimate collector's millennium falcon now this was in 2007 and this is a big big uh vehicle (laughs) it's very big um it's incredibly screen accurate i mean you just have to look at it and it looks fantastic and this is the 2007 version um the the radar dish was uniquely printed it included the landing lights on the forward mandibles, highly de- highly detailed equipment access bays, and a cockpit that can fit four minifigures. Whereas, you know, all the usual, um, well, like the normal Millennium Falcon sets have two seater cockpits. Uh, and this one came with a Han Solo, a Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Princess Leia. Now, Again, the Chewbacca is very is the same as from the previous two Millennium Falcon sets, um, uh, but this one it looks like it was based. Actually, yes, I see, it, I see. It. Uh, the set, this set, is legendary among Lego builders and collectors, and its amazing details achieved using more than five thousand pieces the ultimate collector's series millennium falcon is one of the largest lego sets ever released the minifigures included with it are characters from star wars new hope so they're basing this so this was based on a new hope um Um. so it and it, oh god it looks fantastic absolutely looks amazing um just the details across the just across the entire ship are just fantastic Um, It makes me really want to go back in time and pick this one up. Um, But what's the point when you can get a new one anyway? So then, fast forward to 2009 where we get the midi-scale Millennium Falcon. There were only two midi-scale LEGO Star Wars sets um, ever released so far. The Imperial Star Destroyer and the Millennium Falcon. LEGO designs were able to achieve incredible detail using just over 350 pieces. While other details such as the cockpit and docking rings use stickers? Um, I've actually, I've not got this set but uh, my friend Andrew has this set and it's actually very, it's a very cool little set. Um, I mean for the size it's got great detail um, and you know it just looks quite fun. Um, The cockpit, it was formed from two separate stickered pieces um, the dish the radar dish rotates. The um quad laser cannons do not rotate, however. Um, but for what for the size of it and for what you get, I, I you can't really expect it to be uh you know have all the bells and whistles, not like uh, the larger sets. So in 2011, we got a remake of the classic Millennium Falcon uh ship. <clears throat> um, so using lego technic bricks sandwiched between lego plates this millennium falcon is incredibly sturdy despite its size inside is a training remote so luke can practice his lightsaber skills and a control station with a bank of computers um like the 2004 version yeah. um this one has the opening panels across the hole and um the angled plate there's an angled plate at the front so where the falcon um so if you think about the main uh so the the long flat bit um that kind of goes up from between the mandibles that actually is on a hinge so it can fold down and allows you to access inside and uh lift the rest of the hole up um again it's got um only a two-seater cockpit Um similar to the original design floors like the um like detailing on the ship have been changed and altered to some degree uh, the fight would now reach like the final kind of um, design for the quad laser cannon uh, this is the one that they've pretty much settled on for um, the majority of the newer sets about well, the large-scale sets that we've had um, this one again was based on a new hope um, and the minifigures that came with it were Han Solo, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Obi Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, Princess Leia, and uh, Luke and Obi Wan's Training Remote. Um, and you know, this is the kind of design of the Millennium Falcon Lego sets that I'm quite used to. Uh, I never actually had this one though. Um, I didn't start my Lego collecting until 2015, uh, which was with the Millennium Falcon. So, um, but yeah uh my my big issue with the design of this is the mandibles are just too they, they just seem too big. Uh something about them just doesn't seem right in the um in the scaling of the ship. Um it's probably because they've got um the the equipment access bays are uh uh 4x4 four four round stickered pieces. Um and they just don't kind of give you that sense of scale that the rest of the man ball looks far too big around it in my opinion. Um, but as far as the um as detailing goes, it does look pretty cool. Um the next Millennium Falcon I got was in 2014, and that was the uh Micro Fighter. Uh which came with a han solo minifigure. Um I never really got into the microfighters, um I've I've bought two, but that's mostly for the uh, minifigs, and that's when they've been on sale. Um, but it comes with a flick missile, where the um, quad laser cannon should be, and there's a space at the, in the around the cockpit uh, for Han Solo to sit in. Um, the write-up in here says, Han Solo captains this miniaturised Millennium Falcon, which was part of the first wave of LEGO Star Wars Marco Fighter sets. The minifigure is the same one in the Mos Eisley Cantina set, which was released the same year. Yeah, so good old Lego reusing their uh their design their minifigure designs. Um let me get into like my era of Lego. So this is the twenty fifteen Millennium Falcon. Han Solo and Chewbacca reunite with the Millennium Falcon in the Force Awakens as they escape from the brutal Kanja Club Gang. Like previous Lego Falcons, its top panels open to reveal the detailed interior. Finn is able to man the top quad cannon while two minifigures can sit in the cockpit um so the quad cannon again has been updated but the design is is pretty much the same it's just a different um way of representing the the guns themselves um this one now comes with a square radar dish uh, which replaces the round dish that was knocked off during the battle of endor and it's the first standard scale set to have open equipment access base now one of these access bays on each of the mandibles is actually used to fire the um flick missiles which i think is fantastic is a great design to um kind of incorporate the um the missiles the firing uh, missiles um because sometimes they just look a bit too garish a bit too big they don't really fit in with the set but with the falcon set i've always found you know Especially well with the fact the two Falcon sets that I can really go into detail on, I've always found them well incorporated into the ship itself. Um, the set comes with Han Solo, Chewbacca, uh, with a um, his crossbow. His Bowcaster is like a stud firing, stud firing crossbow looking weapon. It looks a bit too big for Chewie to be holding, really, but it's still a cool design. A Finn, ray. Tasu Leech from Kanji Club BB8 and a Kanji Club gang member. Um, and, I mean if you look at the, this is like this is a beautiful looking set. Um, especially when you kind of compare it to like previous sets of this size. Like the detailing just looks a hundred times better than the 2011 one, which it pretty much it looks like a pretty much of a remake of that set, but just updated and upgraded. Uh, with a bit of Force Awakens flair to it, um, there's just so much more about it. The detail on the top, um, on the on the opening panels, details around the sides, the access bays that are, uh, on the side of the ship. Um, everything about it just looks um, like so top notch, fantastic. Um, the, the only issue again is the mandibles just seem a bit too big, maybe in comparison to the rest of the ship but i mean we're talking about lego building you know we're not looking at you, you know if you want like screen accuracy you go with the ultimate collector series you know sometimes you've got to let your um you know got, let it let it go a little bit um the next millennium falcon that came out was uh the next uh ultimate collector series millennium falcon in 2017 um <laughs> So, this was one of the most anticipated LEGO Star Wars sets ever. The updated Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon can be built to represent the ship during the events of The Empire Strikes Back or The Force Awakens, and comes with minifigures suitable for both versions. Unlike the previous UCS set, this one features a highly detailed interior. Um... Now this one this oh this one looks amazing i i would love to get it <laughs> one day i would love to own this set um and it comes with two radar dishes um the uh it unlike the previous uh, ultimate collector series millennium falcon this one has a transparent cock um a transparent cockpit uh whereas the other one had a brick built canopy um that didn't feature any windows um, so how are they going to breathe in space? Um, there's an actual viewport um, for the top quad laser cannon turret. Uh, again, I mean, if you look at the, t- if you try and compare the two Ultimate Collector Series ships, like, it's amazing just the level of detail that they go into, and they get, and, like the level of detail just. Is incredible. You know, it's completely updated and it looks fantastic. And there's a reason this one's got the most pieces of any Lego set ever. It's because they've gone into so much detail for the uh, for the hull of the ship. Which I mean, if if you know Star Wars, if you know the Millennium Falcon, you know that thing is beaten up, it's battered, it's got things all over it. And this one just encompasses that so well. And oh, one day I'd love to have it. Um, the minifigures that come with it. Uh, Empire Strikes Back Han Solo, a Chewbacca, uh, Empire Strikes Back Princess Leia, C-3PO, and a Minoc, and then Ray Finn, BB-8, Han Solo from Force Awakens, and it also came with two uh, LEGO-built Porgs, um, because it came out right around the time that we were starting to see Porgs on, in the Millennium Falcon in the trailers for Solo, so I think that was a cute addition to the ship. So that's it for the ultimate cl- for the book. Um, but I can go into a little bit more detail on the latest Millennium Falcon, which is the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon, which is from the first wave of solo or Star Wars story Lego sets. Now, if you look at the the, the ship looks completely different. Um rather than looking beat up and gnarly all over, it's predominantly very I mean I say smooth, but smooth for Lego. Um, so lots of studs, but you get the idea. It's a it's a pristine looking ship in the film, so they really made it look that bit bit more smarter um, with the design. It's white and blue design. Uh, of course, it comes with the canopy. It's a you know they've changed the radar dish. Like they changed the way the radar dish is set up. So rather than sticking up facing forward, it lays more flat to the hull. Um, the quad laser cannons are gun instead each is the the top and bottom cannons are a single single turret cannon um the there's an escape pod that attaches to in between the mandibles um which can house a minifigure as well and when you um remove it from the falcon set it um it's got a little engine on the back which kind of sh- it to give it like the impression that it's flying off um The interior is completely redesigned, Uh, the details are redesigned, so rather than having the standard couches with the Dedrick table, there's actually a group of chairs. The um, computer bay has moved um, uh, to, rather than um, in the gap uh, in front of the mandibles, it's now at the side, uh, on the opposite side, to the uh the ramp um the hyperdrive is included at in the back but also a bar area and um beds um i mean the the 2015 one uh version had beds as well but this one you know these beds are much more smooth looking you know you can tell there's lando ship um i mean all around it mean it feels like a comp- when i when i was building it i i really i loved building it because as much as i i mean i love the my favorite lego set to date um for build and everything is still the force awakens millennium falcon um that one just i was so happy about that set i am so happy to get that set and um building it was just a joy and you know no other set has come close to that feeling um apart from, uh, Vader's castle, um, which I built over Christmas, and the Kessel Room Millennium Falcon, um, as, and I love building, I think I just love building Millennium Falcons, really, and um, the castle Room Millennium Falcon, even though some of it feels like a repetition of the, um, the force of the 2015 version, um, but just like the different colour schemes, some of the design changes, um, it just felt great rebuild like building it again um big difference in the design is the mandible size uh the mandibles are much smaller than the 2015 version um, but that's to help encompass the um the escape pod um but that you know they all they all fit very nicely together um so that's the larger scale set but we've also the Millennium Falcon also has come out in a bunch of smaller sets. So we'll just go to them. Um so here we are. So there have been eight mini sets as of uh, 2017. Um Perhaps surprisingly, the Millennium Falcon has had a huge number of mini-sets released over the years. Lego designers have managed to achieve the Freighter's iconic mandibles using several different building techniques. So, in 2003, we got the first uh, miniature Millennium Falcon. Um, and It was a very thin set, but it includes a lot of printed elements. Um, I mean, that looks to be one, two, three, maybe four layers of... Um, Four plates high, uh, not including the for the um, gun turrets, which is two uh, levers. Um, I mean, it's a good looking set for what it's worth. Um, in two thousand and eleven, we got the Star Wars Advent Calendar, and it's a much smaller, um, it's much smaller, sorry, much smaller Falcon. Is built with outward facing outward facing slope pieces. It looks very basic. It really does look incredibly basic. Now, um, I I've not I, I mean I did the I got the advent calendar for last year, which I really enjoyed, and I felt that a lot of the, the vehicles and I mean even though they were very small were very well detailed, and that this is it, that's a testament to um, how much detail they are putting into these little vehicles and how much built, Lego building techniques have evolved. Um, the next time we got a. We got two small scale millennium falcons in 2015 one was from um the star wars advent calendar which um it, again it looks it looks all right it looks better than the previous version um very similar to the previous version but slightly updated um and we also got a exclusive star wars celebration which looking at it is pretty much exactly the same as the 2011 advent calendar um ship um but with an alter with a slightly different um cockpit um uh like the cockpit transparent piece of the cockpit um in 2016 we got uh, a Uh, uh, Sorry, a small-scale Millennium Falcon from the Exclusive Magazine. Uh, And it's six six studs wide, and it includes landing lights on the front prongs and heat exhaust on the rear deck. For the size of it, that looks brilliant. Um, So, you know, for what you get from the Exclusive Magazine, I really like some of those mini builds from the magazine. Um, the first one I ever got was the 8080, and I thought that looked fantastic. I then got an MTT, Vader's, fighter. Typhi- you know, some of these sets look really good. So every now and again, I'll pick them up just for a really good set or a minifigure. In, in 2016, we also got a Toys R Us exclusive Millennium Falcon, um, it, and it uses a black Astromech head for the cockpit. Um, it's the same scale as the magazine, but uh, I've got to say the magazine version looks a hell of a lot better than that. Uh, a lot more detail to it. Um, yeah, definitely. If you know, given the choice, I would have gone with the uh, magazine version. Uh, in 2016, we also got um, the Escape the Space Slug set, which had a very small version of a Millennium Falcon um which uses a single clip for the front mandible um i mean it really doesn't look much like a millennium falcon i'll be honest but you know if it's small scale it's got to be small scale to go with the space look so i don't i think they're looking for scale rather than just, um rather than uh accuracy like visual accuracy there and then in 2017, we got the Millennium Falcon again in the Star Wars Advent Calendar, and it's the first mini Falcon from the Force Awakens, and it uses a one-by-one slope for the new rectangular sensor dish, which I've got to say, you know, when it comes to the Star Wars Lego Advent Calendars, this is the best-designed one. Um, It's similar, very similar to the 2015 Millennium Falcon from the Advent Calendar, but they've really updated it. Um and I like the idea of using a piece like the um like the one by one slope for the radar dish because it just if you look take that and then you look at the um the design for the two the two twenty six two of the twenty sixteen uh, Millennium Falcons um, mini builds like they're using a, a it's like a torque piece with a radar with a small radar dish attached to it and that just sticks it way too high it looks a bit garish um whereas on the 2017 advent calendar one it just fits so nicely so um yeah that's the that's the millennium falcon for you ladies and gentlemen um i'd just like to say thank you very much for listening to this episode um thank you for your support on the on our patreon um please um if you would like to recommend this podcast to anyone please um recommend our patreon to everyone because this is a patreon exclusive uh podcast this episode will be going out on the normal feed though uh just as a way to entice new listeners but from now on every episode of uh, the brickside a Life Debt podcast about Lego, is going to be on Patreon. So if you would like to listen to more episodes of this on a monthly basis, you can visit www.patreon.com forward slash my Star Wars Life Debt. We have one single tier, and it's $1 a month. So, it you know, less, much less than a cup of coffee, much less than a bottle of water, much less than a lot of things that you will find out there apart from at the 99 cent store in america um so yeah please 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 um if you like this episode please sign up and um for or for any patreon members listening thank you again thank you for your continued support it is very much appreciated um We've got a a few more things um, planned for Patreon uh, for this year. So if if you like what we're doing on Patreon, please continue to support us and um, we'll be getting some more stuff out there for you soon. So thank you again. And I'm going to go with the uh, final words of Punch It Chewy. And there you have it, the inaugural episode of the Brickside uh, Live Dead LEGO podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I hope it wasn't boring. I hope you uh, hope it was informative and fun. And um, yeah, uh, so if you enjoyed that and would like to listen to more of that, um, listen to a new episode of that every month, you can visit patreon.com forward slash my Star Wars life debt and sign up to the $1 tier. And that is and you'll get that every month. Uh, as well as the exclusive Funko uh videos that I do. Um early access to uh all the regular Monday and Friday uh blog posts, um guaranteed email reads, guaranteed voicemail um plays uh, your name. Uh, you get a shout out on the podcast. You get uh added to our thank you supporters page, um, and you get access, and you also get access to premium episodes, which will end, which will will end up on Bandcamp as well. But um, you know that's for those who want a bit of extra content, but don't want the uh the monthly commitment. So um yes, thank you for listening. Um please, please, please uh visit the blog at mystialslifedeck.tk. You can find us on Facebook. Uh just search for my stars life debt. You can join the group. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bloodyon, B-L-W-O-D-Y-O-R-M-E patreon of course as i've mentioned if you and bank uh my dot com. if you'd like to uh just buy the uh premium episode uh life the holiday special aka the breaking of a fan uh please rate and review the show um the more ratings and reviews we get the more people get to see that this podcast is out there um what else? I know there's more. Uh you can email the show at life debt podcast at outlook.com. If you would like, you can also send us a voicemail using that email address. Or if you have the if you're a member of anchor.fm, if you use the app, um you can find uh the podcast on there and you can send a voice message through that as well. So I think that's everything. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and hopefully I'll be back next week feeling a little better. Uh, Very up and down on the old cold at the moment. Um, So yeah, fingers crossed that next week I will be in a better state. Uh, Thank you again for listening and punch it chewy.